Chapter One of That House I Bought by Henry Edward Warner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One, First Period. Thirty-three years ago, I formed a box of blocks into a castle, and then kicked it down in disgust because I didn't like the chimney. Mother said I displayed temper. Birds build nests in treetops with horsehair and straw and odd bits of stuff but my wife and i aren't birds far from it and we've been going along for fifteen years without a regular nest all that time i've been building a house with blocks and kicking it down the other day we went out to mount alto to take dinner with our friends and on the way we saw a new house numbered thirty three thirteen the number stuck out in letters of silver burnished into brilliancy by a noonday sun that's an odd number i remarked any way you look at it it's unlucky thirty-three thirteen and i'm not superstitious let's go in and examine it she said that's where it all started we bought the house after dinner it took fifteen minutes to decide and in that time of course we didn't notice the place on the dining-room ceiling where the plumbing uh, but let it pass the duke of mont alto would fix it up we had great faith in the duke the point is we owned a house at last that is we had started to own it we were tickled to death also scared to death there are two emotions for you both fatal coming into possession of a castle with ten rooms and large open plumbing fronting fifty feet and going back one hundred and fifty-three feet to the company stable is a thrilling experience my first thrill was in connection with the initial terms of the contract which called for certain financial daring up to this time i had laid to my soul the happy thought that a clean conscience is more than money but believe me friend a silver quarter began to look like a gold eagle change that in other days went merrily across the table without thought for the morrow i found myself wearing to a frazzle counting the cracks in the milled edge affectionately hopefully and yet with certain misgivings naturally we first paced off our yard to see whether it was fifty by a hundred and fifty-three feet more or less as shown in the plot every man who buys a house paces off his yard so does his wife my wife made seventy-eight steps of it and i made fifty-one on the length by deducting for my long legs and adding for her confining skirt we came to the conclusion that mathematics was an inexact science and decided to do it later with a tape measure but for the purpose of this narrative we must get inside the house and look about we found a wide hall with a grand staircase a roomy parlour connecting by folding door with a spacious dining-room and off the dining-room a real conservatory all glass and tiles opening into the pantry a swinging door and another into the kitchen and in the wall a refrigerator in the basement a furnace with a barometer and thermometer atop on the second floor four big rooms and a centre hallway and in the bathroom large open plumbing and the addition of a shower and spray bath on the third floor two cosy rooms and another hallway and bath item slate roof item water heated hot and cold water all the time sometimes item hardwood floor downstairs conveniences in every direction 
gas and electric fittings throughout and the whole sheltered by oak trees that leaned over to embrace us wagging flirtatious branches through the big windows isn't this living i exclaimed my wife looked out through the window at the distant picture of the low-lying city against the bay and held my hand it was as though we had not been married fifteen years but were beginning our honeymoon a couple of birds just mated fetching things for the nest and glorying in its construction silent in a dream of contemplation but just ready to burst into song the song of achievement she did not reply but pressed my hand when finally she spoke what was in her heart broke its leash i was just wondering she said if we couldn't rent the second floor as a flat to pay the expenses and then all we put in would be invested in the equity i awoke with a start from my dreaming even a honeymoon has its practical side but all sad realities have their recompense in a happy mind give me the optimist and a famine and i'll show you a famine licked to a standstill the combination of confident hopeful ego and material misfortune never yet met but that material misfortune took the count in the first round the man who stands hugging misfortune in his chest has something coming to him when it arrives it will land right square under that point where if he were a woman of twenty years ago he would have worn earrings take the other chap however the fellow who not only shakes hands with trouble but slaps it on the back invites it to have a drink sleeps with it jollies it until it wrinkles up into a gorgeous grin six miles long take that chap and put him in the middle of the sahara desert with nothing but a glad smile in his pocket and he'll find a way to coax a mint julep out of the blooming sand do you know the more i think about the fellow who starts out by howling that things can't be done the more i'm convinced that the creator got a lot of cracked forms into the outfit when man was moulded and these little defects must really be charged up to accident the lord never intended any man made in his image to be afraid of anything that walks on hind legs or all fours crawls or flies or flops dismally over the slew of despond on a carrion hunt and just about the best way to mend this defect i reckon is to get married early and start right out buying a house and lot if the fellow's an invertebrate he'll get past the first payment with a struggle if he survives the second it will put some starch into his hide you're asking what all this has to do with that house i bought why bless your heart friend it has all to do with it the very first thing a man must do when he buys a house and lot is get himself into the state of mind buying a house and lot is not so much a physical or financial transaction as a philosophical conclusion you need the house and lot you must argue yourself into a mental attitude toward that house and lot that simply knocks the props from under every obstacle the man who is afraid to own his castle is a good citizen perhaps in every other respect but the very best citizen is he who has the courage to own something and pay taxes on it help support the community and be useful to himself and to the world that holds him trustee of his possessions End of chapter one